Welcome to Live Committed. It's a central platform for the Ariel Tribe community, where we believe in the individuals about executing the discipline of standards plus habits are going to equal results in their life. On this podcast, we want to provide a space where you can learn to grow through conversations and connection with other people to reach the highest vision that you have for yourself, mind, body, and spirit. And at Ariel Tribe, we are passionate about results. So whether you're feeling stuck in your business, your marriage, your spiritual journey, or whatever's going on in your life, we would love to invite you to the tribe to learn how you can live a committed life. You can always visit us at www.ariel-tribe.com. That's A-R-I-E-L-tribe.com to learn more about who we are and how to get connected to the tribe. So Aaron, let's get on with the show. What's up, tribe? We're back. I'm Aaron, and I'm here with my friend Jason. How you doing? I'm doing great. Welcome, everybody. We are excited to tackle another episode here on Live Committed, and today we are going to tackle something that I think is super timely for anybody that wants to be a decision maker uh, in this world, whether that's in a business context or a family yeah. context. Uh, it, making decisions in the world that we're in is becoming increasingly complex, because the world is becoming more and more polarized, uh, and the dividing line is more and more in the middle. And the reason why that matters is because no matter what decision you make, you're going to tick off 50% of the people you made the decision for. So true nowadays. Yeah. How do you, just on the surface of that, how do you wrestle with that, like weight of that as a, as a leader in business? It's what a great question. You know, it's tough because when you look at, let's just say there's a decision to be made, you know, there, there's, there's micro decisions, right. That are connected to some bigger initiative or goal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there, so you can have the battle between, okay, well, where are we going is one objective. And then how are we going to get there? Right. Right. So when you start pulling that apart. So I think what's interesting is, is that when you do come to a crossroads, right? Like, let's say you have two people at the same leadership level, going, well, yeah, we're going to go hit that target, but I think to get there, we got to go around the mountain this way. And the person's like, no, we got to go over the top or however it looks. And, and so I think the challenge with that is how do you move from, how do you gain confidence that, and have a healthy dialogue uh, about how I'm going to get there, right? Right. So the challenge around that, at least from my perspective, is when we begin to disagree um, are we moving, is this more strategy or is, or now are we starting to get into some values? Right. You know, and I think that's kind of what we want to unpack here today is, you know, there's been times I've heard conversations. Well, it just doesn't matter. Like, you know, we can kind of bend the truth. You're like, well, no, we can't, you know, like we're not going to like fully make something up that, you know, can go there. And I, to me, I think that's where what we wanted to talk about was values. Yeah. And that's where I'll be like, no, I'm not going to do that. Right. right. And I've seen people, many people go, nah, it's okay. And so not understanding that concept um, and, and how, do you, how do you deal with that, that's a tough one. And for your people that, that are downline organizationally that you're making decisions for, it seems as if it's very easy for them to step in and go, well, you don't care about us because you didn't make the decision that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I think it's such a, like, first of all, if you're going to make sound decisions you've got to be able to come to terms with the weight that you carry. Like yeah. the, the, that, that responsibility that sits on your shoulders to make decisions for 
people that you're making you're making that decision at them you know you know not with them you're making yeah. it for them yeah. and um that's a hard pill to digest when they disagree with your decision and so that's part of the part of the step we just um we just were wrestling through this as an organization because we're plus 100 employees so this executive order that was recently um overturned by the supreme court but uh we were coming to like, okay, this is going to get enacted. What are we going to do? Yeah. Are we going to put our flag in the ground and, you know, like America and, you know, what, you know, what are we going to do yeah. with that? And, and it was interesting to watch those that were in the conversation wrestle with what's the criteria by which we should make this decision. Um, because for some, it was a, we should make all people wear masks. We should never have masks ever. You know that. So there was that debate, and then there was the um, the debate around vaccination and is it safe and should we make people do it? Then there was the ideology of, and this was kind of the bigger driver of it all: is what does the government have the right to tell me to do, and where are they crossing their lines? And that was really a much more difficult conversation to have even though that was the thing below the thing, that was what was driving it all. And so we had to wrestle through like, how are we making this decision? And so for many people, they were like, well, if you say it this way, then you create a space for these people. But the downside is um, if I say yes to those people, I'm saying no to this other 50% of the people, you know? And I don't know that the percentage is like, (laughs) that's a preacher stat. I just made that. I think 78% of statistics are made up right on the spot, but, um, 78.2. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, Don't forget the point too. (laughs) Yeah. Don't forget the point too. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I just, I, I was, I, you can't say no to one group of people by saying yes to another group, but like you can't, that can't be the driver of your decision. So, what do you do in order to make these increasingly complex decisions? Because you know that no matter what decision you make, it's going to be a lose-lose. And there, there are more and more and more of those kinds of decisions coming in leadership. And I think my experience is not only <coughs> is, the, is the culture more difficult to, to assess, but as you advance in leadership and have more people under your influence, those conversations become more complex as well. Yeah, and I think one thing that I feel like that I've noticed, especially where I'm at right this second, is the, it's, there's an opportunity when you know there's a big decision that, that is going to be made or needs to be made because it's inevitable that you have really um, have gained the trust and respect from those that are going to be impacted by your decision. So there's times where they're not going to understand the why, because they're just they don't have all the information and they you know they don't know strategically where something's coming around the corner that um, you know they're, they're they're willing to follow yeah you know they're they're willing to follow it's not perfect <laughs> it never is uh, but uh, there is a little bit of a sense of grace that hey I, I do trust uh, Jason or I do trust Aaron in you know in this um, as the leader or as the primary decision maker so that's where I think um, you know what at least what comes off of that is is a track record of authenticity, is a track record of being vulnerable for those that you oversee um, so that uh, when those hard conversations come, they know that they can count on you. Like people know what that work with me, like I think I'm a relatively nice guy, but like I'm always going to be honest. I'm going to tell them, yeah, that's working, this is not, or you know what, we had to make this decision. It's not perfect, 
and here could be the downside, but this is this is this is what we feel is in the best interest for everybody moving forward. And people are going to get grumpy. There's yep. just no. Their people are going to get grumpy about it. Um, and are you going to make bad decisions? Yep. And <laughs> you know, and how do you respond to that? And all of the above. I mean, that's that's really what I believe are uh, the attributes of a good leader. Yeah, and I would think um, I can't remember who said it. Maybe Matthew Kelly in the Dream Maker book. It's a great book. Um, I think he said that the number one commodity that leaders need to understand that they're dealing in is social capital. Yeah. So like the most important thing that we can do is be making deposits in our social capital account rather than always withdrawing because those moments that you're just describing, they are coming. Like there's no question about that. Yeah. So the, so the, it's, I mean, those, that's, the, that's interesting. So it's the exact word I use like we on a weekly basis to those, uh, those that I lead, there's another set of managers. I said, you need to be constantly making deposits because there'll be a day you're going to take a withdrawal. Yep. And then there should be a surplus, right? Yep. And that's exactly what we're discussing. Like, and it's got to be there. Um, it just has to be there. And it doesn't mean they won't get angry, but they'll get over being angry a lot yeah. faster when they know that you care about them, yeah. even though you made a decision that they disagree with. Yeah. And so what we wanted to talk about today was just like, how do you get to those decisions? And, and I think that's rooted in a, a system of values that you're going to use to make decisions out of. And what I mean by that is we're going to value a certain number of things in, in our world of here's what we believe will get us to where we're going. These values will allow us to stay the course to complete the vision that we've got set out, that we've all bought into the vision but the values are the things that actually become the decision filters, not the people that we affect actually. And that feels a little bit counterintuitive to a relational culture, but it's not that we don't care about the people. It's just that who, who is for us and who's against us, yeah. that isn't the driver of what we say yes to and what we say no to. It's way more about the values that we're upholding. The good news is when you're in the development stages of your company, you are free to, or your family, you're free to choose the values that you're going to make decisions by, whatever they are. And that probably is a discussion that needs to involve as many people in the team as is reasonably possible. I mean, at some point your team gets so large that that doesn't make sense, but um, like your value system, you get to make the value system what you value. And that's really important because in the process of creating your value system, some people, it, it, some people will be like, well, no, we can't value money. Mm, sure. Sure. You can't, yeah. <laughs> you, you're allowed to value that. Yeah, you are. Um, that doesn't mean that you value money at the expense of integrity, maybe, but yeah. you should value money. Um, it, especially, and I was talking with, uh, a guy who's 23 and, uh, he's been working in a, in real estate and he's doing really well, but the way that, his um, team is set up, uh, his real estate office is set up, they take such a high percentage that he could be making about 40% more at a different um, office simply because of the way that they have it structured. And he's like, you know, I'm getting married and I, I want to set my wife up and he feels guilty because it feels disloyal to him, to the people that, it, that stuck their neck out for him to get him his job. And I just said, look, here's the thing. At your stage of life, it's okay to value getting yourself set up financially. Yeah. 
And the good news is you're going to get down the road and you're going to figure out that that didn't mean as much as you thought it would. And you're going to probably amend those values. And that's okay. Like, yeah. that's okay too. That's the great thing about values. If at any time you run a value out and you're like, yeah, that didn't, that didn't work. You're free to change it. Yeah. You're free to change it. And so, you know, those are the kind of things that I think we, we need to really come to terms with as, as people in business who are influencing other people is that the decisions that we make need to be rooted in values. They need to be rooted in, um, values that make a difference and not just the bottom line, not just the people that are for us or against us, not just that it like our, our decisions have to be rooted in values. That's, that's going to give us sustainable decision-making ability over the long term. Yeah. Which raises a question for you that yeah. I would love for you to tackle. Sure. <clears throat> and that is, um, where do you draw values from? Like, where do you gain your values? Yeah. So <clears throat> I, I, uh, great question. So I think that you have to understand the difference between your your head, your heart, and your hands. And and I think a lot of leaders struggle with this. And so I think a lot of times um, decisions can become very emotional, right? Like, hey, this is a big one, and, you know, I believe this. And, and, and really having the discipline to separate those three pieces to, to answer your question. Like, what are my hands? What, are, what am I good at? Like, where are my skill sets? Like, hey, this is only a job that Aaron can do. Right, or this is only a job, real in terms of the team that Jason can do, um, and 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 what do I say? The head, the head is really okay. H- how have I gotten here in my life? Right, like what, like what do what do I know? What is kind of that analytical aspect that's really then? Um, so my hands, and my head, kind of shape my heart, right? And so the heart really is who am I, and and, and what is kind of what propels me into the fog of uncertainty, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 it's, and it's having the wisdom and the receptors of connecting all three of those pieces to say, hey, guess what? This is not necessarily my area of expertise, so I have to begin to trust Aaron because his hands and feet have more competency, right? Um, so, so that's the very first thing that I always kind of go through is like, yeah, whatever, whatever corporate language you want to use. This is my swim lane. If you want to cross in it, um, hey, I, I got to use... What, what history's kind of taught me in life to this point. But now, now that I've assessed that, and this is now the decision, now I have an opinion based upon that, how do I wrestle with the value? And so for me, it's, it's really a matter of, is, this, is the direction that this decision is starting to go down, is this going to hurt the people that, that we serve, Right those employees like is this going to hurt them if you know if i feel there's a crossover to that and uh just the way that the lord made me i mean that's where i start planting a flag like no you know mm-hmm. and and you have to be willing to take that risk you got to be willing to take the risk if you feel that there this is something that is going to cross over into that heart moral component and so that's kind of how i think through it um and it's really helpful for me uh, to 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 begin to un- try to unplug the emotional aspect as much as possible in that decision because what you're really trying to do is you're trying to isolate what what are we really wrestling with mm-hmm. um, so uh, that, that's kind of how I process it yeah so the 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 moral piece that you're talking about like it, it's really easy to you know to ask, like where do you get that oh the Bible right but I think part of the hard part is um, when you when you start looking at morality in your decision making, even as especially as a business owner or a business leader, yeah, 
you can justify like taking advantage of other people by, but I have to provide for my family. You know what I'm saying? Like if I take advantage of you, I put my kids through college and therefore I'm willing to take advantage of you because I love them more. Um, So when you think about like your system of moral decision making, Mm -hmm. where does that come from? And maybe what's kind of your top two or three? Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear you answer that question as well. So I, I think for, from in a business context, I just get back to, we talk about this all the time principles, like, Hey, I know that if I overserve my clients in a positive way, right. If I deliver, um, above and beyond the expectations, cause that's what you have to do nowadays to compete. Um, like there's goodness is going to come back. Like sometimes you find yourself, well, I'm going to make an extra effort, you know, to, to deliver upon that customer experience or whatever that is. I just take that. I'm, that's going to ultimately win getting my kids to college, you know, to that point. So sometimes I think there's some really short sightedness that a lot of business owners might take like, Hey, I have to do this in order to survive. And as long, as long as that crossing a moral compass, well then great. But if it's starting to get foggy and gray, well then you need to take a step back and go, uh, sorry, Mr. Client, I, this is not a fit. One of the most powerful things I learned in business was no, you know, like, Hey, this is who I help. And <laughs> this is what it looks like. That That's kind of how I think through it. But what about yourself? Yeah. I, uh, I think for me, the bigger issue is I'm part of a mission that's larger than myself and part of a mission that's larger than any personal vision that I have. Yeah. So whatever I come up with myself has to fit within this broader context of the mission of God's kingdom. And, and that doesn't mean that I stand on a street corner and get preachy per se, yeah. but that I represent accurately my king in everything that I do and say. And so first and foremost, my, uh, my decision-making responsibility falls into how am I representing God and his kingdom in this process? Am I moving his kingdom forward or am I taking yeah. a step back? So what is that? What does that look like? And I think that the 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 two pillars that the kingdom is built on is forgiveness and generosity. And so my life ought to, to a fault, be represent those two things, That's forgiveness good. and generosity. That's and good. so what does that look like? Um, yeah, because I think you have a harder job. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, I think, it, I think that crosses over into business pretty well. It does. Uh, you know, the, the reality is, can I be generous to my employees? Can I be generous to my end users? Can I, can I be generous in a way that, yeah, I might make, if I change the way I did business, I might make another 100, 150 grand in a year. But in the long play, I, I stay at that cap rather than going, no, 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 no. These people feel cared for and taken care of. And therefore they, the volume that I'm dealing with becomes much broader because they actually want to be cared for well. Um, which I think we posted, um, something on the Instagram page the other day about like, we don't, Rolls Royce doesn't sell cars. They sell luxury. Like it's the experience that we're creating that, that, um, that matters more than the product itself. Yeah, my mentor, uh, Cindy, would always say, hey, Jason, um, people should ask you about your scars. And I was like, what are you talking about? You know, and I think that falls in the context of this conversation so that when you made those hard decisions that were the right decisions, um, you know, those, those be, th- they're a part of you, right? And, and that, that you get to build upon that. And that, that's what he was saying is like, hey, you're gonna take, you're gonna take some battle wounds in life um, for standing up and doing the right thing but you always carry your scars. Right. And, and so remember what those are, remember what those represent. Um, and so, um, 
just listening to you kind of made me think about him him saying that. Yeah, that's totally true. And I would I would add that every company is driven by values. Whether you're intentional about those 100%. or or not is a different story. Yeah. But every company has actual values. Now most companies have stated values as well. <laughs> that, that's what I was going to say. Those are two different things. They're not the same thing. What's on the website and what's actually happening? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And and so the goal would be to line up your actual values and your stated values. I think one of the key ways to do that is that if if your point leader has to lead out of who they are, not what they say, like you're you're going to make decisions out of what you really are, and so you've got to be accurate about what you actually value rather than. Um, saying some nice things, you know, writing a nice document, but then making decisions out of something else that's driving you. Even if you feel like that thing that's driving you is less pretty, yeah, that's the thing that's going to make the decisions. And so you need to be honest about that so that it can be brought to the light and then assessed. Are we going to, are we going to make decisions that way? Because if we're not intentional about it, we will make decisions that way. And if we don't want to make decisions that way, then we've got to bring it out and be honest about it so that we can change it. Which means that if you're sitting in a space as a, as a business where you're like, hey, we need to um, maybe think about our values, it would be really good to get as many people in that conversation as you feel comfortable and then start defining, like, what do we really value as a team, yeah. as a business... What do we really value? So, so I've got a question for you. So, in the context of, uh, I'm going to make you put your pastor hat on. Okay, so, <laughs> is so, you know, how how do you encourage people? You know, when you talk about bringing their 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 values, their their Christian values into the workplace. I don't know what kind of coaching, what kind of thoughts do you have about that in the context uh, of? Decisions? I have a million thoughts yeah. on that. Yeah, that, that that's a big chunk of what I do. Actually, I you know, for me, I um, I think first and foremost. The kingdom is built on the most sound business practices that there are, but they're all built around the long game, not the short game. Correct. So when you when you build your business consistent with kingdom principles, it will work, your business will grow, and furthermore, it'll be favored and blessed from God, which is way more important than anything else anyway in the in the scope of making things grow. And so that's a piece that I think is really significant, first of all. Secondly, those those values have got to be rooted in generosity and forgiveness, not selfishness. And so anytime that you're making a decision to protect or to improve your bottom line at the expense of something else, that doesn't mean that you don't want to make sound business decisions. What that means is if you're doing that at the expense of something else, then that's going to be um, uh, a problem. So those are the two, the two big ones for me is consistent with the kingdom, kingdom values, kingdom principles, you know, and if you're like, I don't know what those are. We have 38 recorded parables Jesus told, 21 of them say the kingdom of God is like this. So that's a great place to start. Yeah. Like what, what's our transferable principle there? Yeah, I love that. I love, I love that forgiveness and generosity, but, but ultimately is this decision going to help or harm the other person? Yeah. That's just, that's yeah. just like a... Principle one on one. Yeah, and and that's the that's the thing that I think you were driving at. But for me, improving my bottom line at your expense, yeah. you know, that's the and and to put my pastor hat on even further, the call that God keep make keeps making to the Israelites in the Old Testament is remember that you were slaves, 
Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. Mm. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. That's good. Why? Because you know what it means to be oppressed. You know what it means to be taken advantage of. You know what it means to be used. Don't ever treat people that way. Well, then Solomon comes along and builds his entire empire on the backs of slaves. And, and God is like, okay, you've lost the plot. So they divide the kingdom, ultimately going to Babylon to be slaves again. Gotcha. Why? That's so that so you'll good. never forget what it feels like to be a slave. Because you got to remember that so that you don't treat people that way. Yeah. you got to treat people as more than that, even to your own detriment. And here's been my experience, and I've, I've experienced this, and I've watched it happen a million times. Um, that was also a preacher stat. Probably hasn't been that many, but it's been a lot of times. Um, I've never seen anyone outgive God. I've never seen it happen in my life, and I've never seen it happen in anyone else's life. That when you choose to uphold the reputation of God and His kingdom in an, in, an, in a way that causes you to get taken advantage of in some way, I've never seen God not over-provide because of that, uh, over-bless, replace, yeah. and exceed where you were at before of, of, because of that. And, and it's just one of those, it's counterintuitive. It doesn't, it doesn't pencil, but it's God math. Um, and it always works. I like that. God math. Yeah, it always works. That's so, great. So spending time as a team defining what those values are is actually really critical. But I would go one step beyond that. And this is where most businesses drop the ball. We often use words, but we don't mean the same things when we use them. So I say relationship, we value relationship. You say we value relationship, but we don't mean the same thing when we say we value relationship. So taking the one extra step of, okay, then let's make sure that we define what those words mean within that value. Mm -hmm. Like let's define those words so that we are saying the same words and meaning the same thing when we do it. Yeah. It's one of the things I feel like that I've really learned over the last couple of years, you know, just myself as I've continued to, to grow as a businessman is just, you know, where, where do most breakdowns happen inside organizations, communication and defining whatever we're discussing is, is literally now the first step we do. Hey, to be really clear, you know, I meant this, or as we, as I say this, it means this. And people are like, oh, okay, well now I can put that in context of how Jason is viewing the world. Right. So I think that this is a really important step, you know, when you talk about, um, what does the word partnership mean? Okay, well, you know, it gets, gets hot. Here's what it means to us at this organization. Right. You know, and things like that. Like, for example, we have a value of fighting for relationship. Like, we want to fight for relationship. We want to, uh, an unhealthy leader can take that statement and say, you're not willing to walk away from, or you're not able to walk away from me because we value fighting for relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, that's an equation for manipulation and abuse. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter what I do, you have to forgive me, so we have to be okay. No, fighting for relationship means that I will fight for actual healthy relationship. I won't tolerate poor boundaries, harshness, bad decision. Like I won't, I won't tolerate narcissism. I won't tolerate abuse. I don't have to do that. Correct. But I will fight for healthy relationship, and I'll be here when that time comes. Like I will not leave the room when that's happening. But it doesn't mean that I have to just let you walk all over me because we value relationship. Yeah. So you know, taking the extra step to um, to work through all of that is actually really, really important. I totally agree. But that and now the the last question then would be how many of those values should we have? Like, what do you think about that? Like, how many values? Like twenty. 
Uh, 20.2. I'm back to this point two. <laughs> I'm just going to continue to put that on the stats. Um, you mean in the context of like just gen, like who I am as a person? No, or? here's as a as a let's start personal and then we can work to corporate. But yeah. like, what is the values that we're going to live by? That we're going to do business by? How long should that list be? I I I don't know if I have an exact number, but I have a, a thought and a theory and a philosophy about it. Is like less is more. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm really like, glad you said that. I I think less is more of like. I should be able to distill down Jason maybe into three core, maybe five. Like, that's who I am. Like, this is who I am right here. Uh, take it or leave it. Uh, it's not perfect. Um, but but these are the unshakable pillars that define who I am as a person. And I'm willing to take a bullet for it. Um, you know, I think, I think organizations nowadays, exp- so as we, as the world continues to evolve and, and as social media continues to, uh, to go deeper and deeper into our personal lives, everyone post everything. I think that I get back to authenticity. Like even as an organization, you're going to get sniffed out so fast. Yeah. Like, like, because there's so many ways to rate a company like, Oh, well, you know, got the product and you know, this is broken. They never call me back. And so there's going to start reading public reviews and all that other stuff. So I think that to me, I go with less is more. Um, but whatever you put down, it's a, it should be etched in stone. Like this is who I am. Yeah. And so you're going to find that you're going to find that, that that should fall over into the workplace. How, and then the question is, well, how do I carry that if I work inside a 10,000 person organization? Well, you carry that in, you know, you respect the leadership, you respect, um, you don't have to agree with it. Right. But you respect that. But if it starts crossing into who I am as a person, well then, there's a lot of different ways to make money out in the world, you know? So yeah. that, that's, that's kind of my response. What about you? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think three to five is a, is a good target. You may go as high as like eight or nine. If you get to 10 or more, yeah, you have think, too many values to manage. Yeah. Uh, and decisions don't need that many val- Like you don't have to have a contingency <laughs> plan with, you know, a value for every contingency plan. Yeah. Um, I do think um, you got to have maybe three to five. The, the book, um, The Four Disciplines of Execution is really good about this. What they say is like, even with goal setting, if you, what they discovered is if somebody sets three goals, they get three done. If they set 10 goals, they get two done. Like the more, the, the longer yes. your list gets, the less productive you actually are. So to have a really solid short list that's yep. actually accurate um, makes it a lot easier to use, to manage, to implement, and 100%. to hold people accountable to. 100%. Because you keep, you keep reviewing those, and you ought to review those every 60 to 90 days. Like in some level, at least one should be hit every 60 to 90 days because vision leaks. Like people, people forget... And uh, you go back and, and revisit those in some way. Like, here's a teaching on how this value can be implemented. Or here's a celebration of somebody from our staff team that actually implemented this value. And uh, I'm really proud of it. Yeah. No, that's great. No, I love it. Yeah. So make, value, make decisions based on values. Don't make it based on, on who's going to like it and who's not going to like it. Um, the, the people – and I and – let me back up and say this one piece, and then and then I'll tie it down. Um, you've got to be willing to make a values-based decision that people will chew you up and spit you out for. If you don't, 
you're going to get chewed up and spit out for decisions that you make regardless. If you don't make it on values, it won't be worth it. If there's not something bigger than yourself to make that decision by, then then eventually you're just going to try to make your decisions a popularity contest. Yeah. And that doesn't work. It's it's not sustainable, you yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, you might be able to get away with it like maybe once or twice on something small, but like, you know, people are not going to follow you, you know. There's a difference of people truly following you or doing what you say because you're the boss, right? It's that whole antidote, you know, boss leader analogy that gets used all the time. Yep. You know, that's where it falls in. So if you have somebody that you think, man, they'd really benefit from hearing this, share it. Yes. Um, send it to them. Like, uh, rate, and review the podcast. If, you, if you're willing to do that, that would be incredibly helpful for us. Um, also, if you have any um, questions about who we are at the Aerial Tribe, you can always get on aerial-tribe.com and check us out. we got a lot of different resources there available for you. It's all free. Um, and if you have any questions that you want us to tackle on the podcast... Big big year 2022. We're actually taking viewer opinions. Yes. Listener opinions. <laughs> um, send in a, like a head. Love to have you guys tackle this piece. Um, yeah. And we'd love to, to do that for you and um, see what we can do to help you get through the places where you're stuck so that you can become everything that God has intended you to be, mind, body, and spirit. So in the meantime, we will be back again soon with another great episode. Be well, everybody.